Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey Gray, and of course, I'm sitting next to my buddy Tony. What's up, brother? How What's you doing, up, man? man? Nothing, man. I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited about today's. I say I'm excited every week, right? But, um, but truthfully, this time, you know, truthfully, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, actually, when we, uh, when we started to do the podcast, I reached out to these guys and, um, just, you know, actually asked like technical questions about how they, uh, how they actually did their podcast because, um. Well, they're once again the cat's out of the bag. They uh, they have their own podcast, right? They were kind enough to uh, help you out. They were absolutely kind enough to help us <laughs> out. Well, I don't know. I did it via like right. DM, so maybe only one of them wanted to help me out. Maybe the other one's like, "This guy's a jerk." I'm right. sure that that's the case, right? Um, but anyway, so they're pretty interesting because um, again, I found out about them via a podcast. But um, and then you know, once you listen to the podcast, you realize that they actually have a salon consulting business and um and we actually have a, a friend that went through it who um who gave rave reviews about it so i mean i think with no further ado shall we introduce them let's in, yeah shall we do it let's, let's do, do it, it. <laughs> cool so uh david and sid welcome to your day off thank you hi. very much hi guys it's not really our day off so it's kind of it's kind <laughs> of <ironic. Yeah. laughs> day off. i don't remember when mine was <laughs> <laughs> they're on a day yeah. <laughs> it's just those who are listening right <laughs> hopefully that's it yeah so uh let's jump in you want to jump in yeah let's jump in so we're gonna you know we want to know where you guys uh you know where are you from and we'll start with you sid because we got a a second part to that question to, with you david mm. oh fun uh i i'm actually from the south uh i grew up in florida even though people don't think that that is the south but i grew I spent my adult years in Tampa, Florida, but um, I grew up about an hour south in a little small town called Ruskin, and I grew up on a farm. Oh, wow. Dairy farm. <laughs> dairy farms in Florida? I thought they only grew oranges. I know, right? <laughs> nope, it was a dairy farm. Oh, I grew up on a farm well. David, so <laughs> it must be a thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> We're so sick of farm life that we just go straight, <laughs> straight to the city. Straight to here. Uh, David, where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up, I spent my younger years in Northern Michigan, Harbor Springs, Petoskey, Michigan. And um, my mom lived in the city. My dad lived in the country. And so my dad is one of eight and he grew up on a dairy farm. So I come, that's the dairy farm side of my family. And then my mother moved me to Naples, Florida when I was 16. Oh, so you're Florida as well then, huh? Yep. And so I was there for six years and that's actually how I met Sid. Mm -hmm. Wow, so you got the Florida and the dairy farm connection. Yes. <laughs> we are the weirdos. We should do something with this. So did you grow up as David in Michigan? 
Uh, no, I grew up as Caleb in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. What's that? We all about? lived on the farm. David lives in New York. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I like go. that. Yeah, we were so uh, we we love. We were talking to Sid last week, and we loved uh, the story, the spiritual uh, story of uh, how you turned into Caleb into David. You know, so we wanted to before we get into all the other stuff, really kind of you know talk to us about your journey. So I, um, I ran away to, when I was 16, I kind of like ran away from home and I've always been a very spiritual, I'm Pisces. We do a lot of, we believe in a lot of astrology in this group. Um, so Pisces are normally like one of the most spiritual signs and it proves very true for myself. Um, so when I was 16, I studied all these different religions and I, I kind of, I found the Kabbalah center when I was really young and I kind of ran away to the Kabbalah center. And that's how I grew up was studying this, sorry, studying this um, kind of ancient wisdom. I believe that it's kind of, it's shaped the company that we have. It's shaped all the choices that I've made and it's made me a more proactive person in life. So I think I, I think it's, it's only fitting that we have a, a coaching consulting company for hairdressers because of that. But in, in that study, you, you change your, you have the opportunity to change your name if, uh, if you feel inclined and I was in Israel with my Kabbalah teacher and I had I had wondered I'd wanted to change my name for many years um, because of its spiritual significance to do so and my teacher when we were in Israel in January this January she mentioned changing my name so um, I not only did I change it but I was able to change it in Israel which was I think really really intense that's pretty cool actually yeah King David, I like it. King David, yeah. <laughs> I used to, I have that phrase. I used to date this guy named Byron. He's gonna kill me. <laughs> his name was Byron, but his Instagram handle was Byron, like the Lord, like Lord Byron. And so when I changed my name, I said it's King King David, like the King. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. My brother's named David, so yeah. No, it's a it's a good name. My uh, my cousin, yeah. My cousin, Sheena, uh, she's from Ireland. She actually named me Caleb when I was born. And my name was That's a big a cool problem. name, too. Yeah, exactly. My name was a problem when I was born because I was supposed to be a girl. And my mom thought I was a girl. The doctors thought I was a girl. The x-ray, the, the x-rays, the um, Sonogram. sounds yeah. uh, showed that I was a girl. And I came out with boy parts. So I'm a boy. <laughs> uh, and my... My mom didn't know what to name me. So even my original name was a struggle. Um, so I stayed in the hospital for three extra days until my cousin named me. And so I, my name has always been kind of a unique a unique thing. Have you talked to her since you na- did the name change? I, I just talked to her a couple days ago. Yes. And I forgot that I didn't tell her. And she almost hung up the phone on me. She was calling long distance. So I was like, couldn't hear her very well. And I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you that I changed my name. And she's like, I gave you a beautiful name. (laughs) She was upset, but she said, I just have to get used to it. She was the only person that was, you know, kind of upset by it. But what's great about that whole story is that when David and I first met and we were getting to know each other, we, you know, we both grew up on the farm. And then I was actually supposed to be a boy throughout my mom thought I was going to be a boy and he was a girl and then we both grew up gay so I don't know <laughs> what happened along the lines but apparently I was a boy I think it's our parents fault I, I do really too <laughs> yeah so I thought environmental boy. wasn't a uh, wasn't a factor <laughs> I was supposed to be named uh Mac my Mac? mom was named yeah Mac. and I was supposed to be Kara 
Car- if it came out, another way, you'd be interviewing Mac and Kara right now. How weird! <laughs> <laughs> two straight, two straight farmers in New York. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like they're from California, though. I don't know, Mac and Kara. Mac and Kara. Yeah. They, just, they, sound a <laughs> they sound like friends of Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was my uh, my name journey. That's pretty awesome, man. Well, first of all, congratulations, congratulations you. on, yeah. on your journey and 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 you know for always seeking uh you know further knowledge and um, spiritual guidance. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah, it's uh, I thought it was going to be a lot harder to share it with people because people have opinions, <laughs> but no one, everyone really respected it, and it hasn't really been that weird of a. It was actually harder for me. I know. I was like. David, can you hand me that? And he's he wasn't responding. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, oh <laughs> David, you gotta buy into the name if you're gonna I, know. I, went to, I went to Starbucks and they kept calling David and I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> They're still oh, talking about you at Starbucks. Right. <laughs> that weird dude, David, that came in would never pick up the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah it's funny because we, you know, we first knew you as Caleb and Corey and I, you know. As we were talking, and I keep saying Caleb, he's like David. I know, yeah. I know, but I, I said honestly, it became significant to me as Caleb, and then he started talking, and then sure enough, he did the exact same thing. It was like it's <laughs> got a kick out of it. But it is, if you want to call to anyone listening, if you want to call me Caleb or David, it's not. It was no, 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 no. You need to commit, David. Yeah. <laughs> Your branding's going to be tough enough, man. But if you bring him a coffee, make sure it says Caleb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so you guys met down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Did you guys work in the same salon or did you guys uh, just, were you both doing hair or? We actually uh, were both educators for Aveda and we used to teach for the institutes and travel with them and teach for them. And, um, I remember the first day David walked in, he walked in and he was a bit, we were babies. I mean, he was probably 22 at the time and I was maybe 25 and um, he walked in and he's, he smelled of Abercrombie. And, <laughs> and I remember being like, you smell like my wife. Like that was my first word out of, out of my mouth to him. And what's funny. And we is, didn't talk for like a year. No, we did. I mean, we worked together. <laughs> we worked opposite. We had different, our classes were on opposite times and we weren't not friends, but we weren't friends. And, um, you know, one time it was his birthday and he had no one going out with him and I could not handle that. I was like, that's birthdays are so important to me. And so I took him out for his birthday and it was like Insta friends. And, um, we ended up starting to do more editorial stuff together and, doing more shows and runway stuff and stuff for the company. And we were like, we work really well together and we had all these great ideas. We actually uh, had too many ideas. We had such an opinion. We started a blog on Tumblr called uh, the dispensary. And we basically just started ranting and raving about um, big brother in the industry and the big companies and, you know, how we want to bring power back to the artist. And we actually got in trouble for it. And, uh, People were like, you, you can't write about that. You got in huh? trouble from Aveda from that? Is that who you're working for at the time? Yeah, we got in trouble for writing things about bigger companies and brands. And um, basically, but other people liked it. The hairstylist, the artists loved it. And so we decided to make it more official. And we created a company called The Trichology Project. And we still didn't know what we wanted to do. We just started writing a blog. We had people come on board wanting to be interviewed by us, wanting to... Um, 
right for us. And it just kind of started to take off very quickly. Um, but no one could say the trichology project. So during that time, or spell it, during the time, uh, David wrote an article about um, destroying the hairdresser and destroying the stereotypes that come with it and uh, ego, destroying ego and low paychecks and um, just kind of building the artist back up. And we kind of took off with that. And it's funny because we were on tour. We just finished a 15 stop North American tour and <laughs> which sounds crazy to me. Uh, but we were talking on stage and I randomly splurted out that we created this company on a napkin in a coffee shop in yeah. Florida. And <laughs> someone asked, do you still have the napkin? I was like, no, but <laughs> uh, that would have been your yeah. dollar bill. You would have framed it and have it on your wall. Right. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. But we, we forgot about that. And you know, it's, it's been about three and a half, four years now. And we, um, we created this amazing coaching company to help, you know, build back the artist and make them the money that they deserve and have the confidence. And, you know, we're also both certified life coaches. And so we incorporate that into our business and um, we grew very quickly on Instagram. We've built our whole business on Instagram and we started the podcast and that took off. And next thing you know, we were on tour and I feel like I blinked and woke up and it's all been happening. So that's why we look so tired. <laughs> it's funny because you guys were ahead like in the beginning as well. There's, you know, this whole movement of the independent hairdresser or the, you know what I mean? The hairdresser itself and not, you know, being not necessarily owned. Cause I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. Cause you know, I, I worked in the salon for 20 years and you know, we love where we work, but uh, you know, we're now we're in a private studio, but this whole about four or five years ago, I guess, you know, six years ago, this big, strong movement, and you guys were kind of at the, the beginning of that. That's mm. pretty impressive. I think I, I teach a, so Sid um, coaches people that are behind the chair that are working either for someone else or even independently. And I work with mainly leadership. And what I've discovered with in leadership is that the only way it's, the only way it's going to work to employ hairdressers anymore is they can still be employees. They can still be W-2 employees, but you have to treat them like 1099 employees. This is the yeah. only way it will, the next generation, oh, yeah, the next generation coming in does not, they will not listen to your rules because their their rules, the rules kind of keep them behind and they, they live in a world where all the rules are broken and all the bets are off and all the marketing is different and how you build your business is up to every independent person. So I've just noticed that a lot of a lot of hairdressers that I work with that are leaders or or salon owners struggle with this in particular, especially if they've been in the industry for a long time. Also, we found that where there was a lack in leadership is that they were holding on to their stylist with such fear that it was actually making their stylist leave. And something David does with his leadership is actually gives them a place, encourages them that if they're done and they hit their top to let them go. And, and or invest in them into the company so that they are now investors within your business or opening a second location or something like that to give the next step to the stylist versus having it be this whole knockout, drag out, walkout situation. Right. Nobody wants that. Do you guys kind of see, I mean, Tony and I, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, for years now. We just, we're trying to figure out where's the middle ground between like a commission salon and, um, you know, now the, now the, uh, the studio salons. Do you guys, do you guys see middle ground there or? There's, I don't think there's middle ground. I think every, every, every person that decides to be a leader of a business uh-huh. has to decide what that looks like for their life. So if you're going to open a salon, 
you need to decide what those rules and those boundaries look like for you so you can have the life that you want. And then you invite people to be part of that. But if you're just opening and then hiring people because that's how business works, it will fail. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well said. Man. That's, that's amazing. So you guys sitting around a coffee table, writing on a napkin, you know, talking about, hey, we should, you know, create this business. Now you guys are on this 15 uh, city tour. From the time you were on the nap, wrote, was writing on the napkin, creating this business till today, how long did it take you to develop the, uh, the destroy the hairdresser? Like the curriculum? We launched the curriculum probably a month and a half after that napkin because David and I believe that why wait? Life's too short. Let's just jump, see what works, what doesn't. Um, We've changed our curriculum a few times based on what's happening in the industry. Uh, And, you know, there's always fear when you you put yourself out like that. We were just like, we're going to do this and we're going to try it. And lo and behold, we had like five people sign up that first month you know, which is also terrifying, (laughs) but those were, you know, they, they all grew, they finished our year long program and um, are all very successful now. And and they still use the tools and still promote us. And they still are very active in our community and our, they're, they're our alumni team. We've had a lot of people um, go through the program and it's been great. Some of them are, are done with the program and they're like, well, can we just keep you still? And we're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> three, you know, for no reason. It's just great. It's wonderful. They, I think that everyone kept saying you need to do, um, you need to like, uh, test your curriculum out and try it and try it and try it. And I was like, no, I don't. I need to test it on people that are willing to pay me. Right. It works, Cause they're going to get what they're going to pay me what this curriculum is worth. And then as it keeps developing, we charge more. So I think that the people that signed up in the beginning were, we made it clear to them that the curriculum was new mm-hmm. um, and that we would be trying a lot of new, new ideas, but the people that signed up wanted something new and they mm-hmm. wanted, they wanted something radical and they wanted some, they were like, nothing else is working. If someone gives me another spreadsheet on how to add up numbers. I can't, we don't talk about <laughs> our, our whole program. We don't mention numbers one time. Wow. We don't believe that make we don't believe that people learn how to make money by learning how to add because we've already done that in middle school. We know how to we know that two plus two equals four. We don't have to take this class and that class with this spreadsheet and that. We don't have to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Also, the result of our program is always money. Always. It, we I've had students where we work on just their confidence. Uh, we work on building their brand, and next thing you know, they're doubling their paychecks without even talking about dollars. And so it's, it's, you know, how you do one thing is how you do all things. So if we can work in one area of your life, the other area is going to elevate. And uh, both, both of us being Kabbalah students, we have spiritual um, mentors and we have business mentors and we also have life coaches and we wouldn't be um, anywhere in our careers without those people. And so we realized that that was the one thing in this industry that was missing was the individual support um, for us, because you go through hair school and nobody teaches you business and no one supports you through it. And you kind of just feel like a pawn in this game. And, uh, a lot of people end up quitting their craft and go into nursing. I don't know why that's the thing. It's a relation. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And, and that's heartbreaking because they always say, I always hear, I miss hair. My mom was a hairstylist for 30 years. At the end of her 30 years, she had not a dollar to save or show from her 30 years in her career. She had to get knee replacements, carpal tunnel. And so when I said I wanted to do hair, she looked at me like, I dropped out of nursing school to be a hairdresser. So that's, (laughs) I did it backwards. But um, she looked at me like I was insane because the way that the industry was for her, 
she just didn't think I could make money being a hairstylist. And I was like, nope, you're wrong. This is it. This is, I swear to you, I can change this. I can, I can be influential. So. That's awesome. And and what's impressive is that, you know, even when somebody takes your course and at the end of it, you know what I mean? This is where what Corey and I really, we love about doing our podcast and bringing people like you on is that you guys truly care about them. You know what I mean? A lot of people say, you know, thank you for the money. See you later. But you allow them to still reach out to you and you are, you become those, those leaders in their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and they, they're mentors. They look up to you and and it's, it's awesome that you guys keep that, you know, channel open to them. And that's, that's where, you know, you truly care about them and, and, and you care about our industry. And that's, you know, what, one of the big reasons why we want to have you guys on is, and, you know, just mad respect that you guys uh, just, you know, you care about the industry and about yeah. the hairdresser, the individual hairdresser. I think that um, we, I think the whole, our whole business was built on relationships, which is, I mean, we're creative people. We right. crave relationships. And so we just kind of played on that idea. And then also going forward, taking those students that have had great success and have really kind of bought into what we're doing and having them become coaches is kind of the next expansion of our, of our company that we're working on now. That's coming later this year. So we'll get to see our uh, babies and watch them go out and do what we've done, which is wonderful because uh, we really learned a lot from this tour. And as much as we started this company to be an online only company that we would never go out and teach classes we realized, especially after doing the podcast, that a lot of people want to talk to us face-to-face and we have to connect with them that way. And in order to have more time to do that, we have to have more coaches to be able to help us with the quantity of students that are coming in. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, I'm a believer already. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, We're basically starting a cult. So if you'd yeah. like to be a part of DTH, you can. <laughs> I love it. So uh, We'll I... help with the media side of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So the actual, the name came from um, David's article, Destroy the Hairdresser? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. David, it's great for marketing. It gets attention. People email us probably a couple times a week asking us why we hate hairdressers, why we want to kill them. And what's frustrating to me is it's like, do you not read? <laughs> I'm trying to elevate you. And if you would just look at the website, you would see that. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> Actually, David, I was listening to a podcast, and um, we can make an edit mark here if you if you don't want to get into it. But you mentioned something that like it totally piqued me, and I was like, if I ever get a chance to talk to them, I'm going to ask them about this. Um, you mentioned something about how the retail business has changed, and um, you said, I think you were being coy, but you know, you, you kind of said that, and then and then you shut up. But I was like, I want more, David. Um, Wait, what did I say? I don't know what I said five minutes ago. Yeah. So. yeah. Tell me what I said. It was something about that, about how um, how the retail business in our industry has changed, and how that <laughs> salons can't um, can't rely on that yeah. anymore as the um, as is, the be all. Part of Big Brother. This, this part of is Big probably brand. why this is probably the most controversial thing that I say because that's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> because. Um, by saying this, I will never, ever be sponsored in my life by a big brand. Um, if I ever want, even if the money was enough, I, I, they just never, they're never going to come to me now. Um, I believe that, I, I don't believe that salons really truly make money on selling product. 
Um, if you look at, if you, if we're doing basic math, if you buy a product for $2, you sell it for $4, you made $2, but you have to buy that product again for $2. Right. So I know there are some margins that can be moved around where you could make a little bit of money, but we do hair. And I know that you need product to support that hair, but you don't need, um, you don't need a whole storefront of product to support that hair. And so I really support smaller brands like Hair Story, Reverie, Reverie um, smaller things that they, they, they have really niche products um, because they've really focused. I, mean, I love Hair Story because they're like, you only need these four products for every hair type. And I think that that's kind of the future of, of product. And honestly, Generation um, Z, the 22 and younger, they aren't going to buy product at a salon. They've already bought their product on Amazon. Right. Do you think that um, on that same note, and Tony and I have talked about this a little bit, um, do you see a resurgence of like, uh, what's it called? Like soft brands, you know, like, like, you know, like, like like boutique brands, like boutique brands, or, you know, even where an individual hairdresser, you know, or a salon would bring in like their own, their own named. Yeah. What's that called? Why am I brain farting? The, it's called like the, blank label products like those the white label products are yeah yeah you know the ones where you put your own name on it it's like yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, the only difference is, is that the you can go online to these companies i can't remember yeah. the name of it but you can go online you give them your logo you pick what kind of products you want and you don't really have any say in how it's made what's going in it how it's formulated um, versus a lot of the smaller brands right now really care about that. And so they're working in the labs to build the kind of products that they want and put them out because I do know a lot of salons that make their own brand of product because they don't want to deal with the big brands that are making them sell a certain amount and they're being tough on their stylists to, to really push them that. And then everything seems very selly and numbers oriented, very rather than artistic, you know, I have no problem selling products at all because I'm educating my clients in, in the right direction. But I also don't want to be pushed or reprimanded if my client didn't take it home. Well, right. I think that like, for example, I, I get what you're saying. I, if I were to create a product myself, I would create one product. I love, I love like salty textured yeah. paste or spray. Like I love, like that's the kind of hair I like. So yeah. as a stylist, if I had the opportunity to make a product, that would be the type of product I made. I wouldn't make a whole line, but I would make one product. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd, make, I'd make what I want to work with. Right. So you would go with like a shampoo and conditioner from whomever and then have the one, you know, uh, Caleb used to be, or David used to be Caleb's product. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think mixing and matching and and carrying what you want is going to be what happens. And I think that's why people want to open their own little studios so they don't have to be in bed with these bigger companies that are like, okay, well, you have to carry $40,000 with our product and then we'll give you a thousand dollars of education. And if you hit this, nobody wants, no one's playing this game anymore. Right. Like no one's, especially younger people. They're just millennials do not do this. Millennials go, if millennials go to buy a car, I, I always use this example. When a millennial goes to buy a car, they came with the $30,000 that, the, which is the asking price. They right. come with 25, ready to haggle. <laughs> they literally were like, I have $30,000. I car. want the car now. And I want to leave right now. Right. Like that's how millennials think. They don't, they don't want a deal. They don't need a discount. They don't need a, they don't need that. They, they, they already know what they want. And the next generation after that really knows what they want. Yeah. Right. And there's too many product brands out there that you have to carry the whole line or you can't carry the line at all. So. Exactly. Right. Also, if you've ever done a show or a competition or something like that, 
like products, product. I hate to say that. <clears throat> I love all these different brands, but I've been on, on fashion week or I've been on set where I've been forced to use something that was provided for maybe a commercial or uh, we used to work for HSN. So we would always have to use what was being sold and you were just told to make it work. And we do, <laughs> you know, and because can, we know what we're doing. Exactly. And can you imagine being like, I can't use, I can't make it work. I can't give you the hair you want because I'm not using the product that I want. You know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. So it's just like, why simplify things for, I always try to simplify, simplify things for my clients because it's like, all you need is this one thing you put it in wet and you use it dry and walk out the door because honestly living in New York, that's what I do. I use one product, call it a day, air dry. Bye. <laughs> What and everybody doing? compliments my hair. They're like, I love your curls. And I'm like, thanks. Like, that's thanks, it. <laughs> awesome. So let's get back to uh, destroy the hairdresser. That's yeah, uh, let's do it. So I mean, we have them here. That was actually hundred percent. destroyed. That the was all. <laughs> well, I, yeah. This is why people don't like us, but love us. It's right. Um, so like Corey said earlier, we, we do know someone who has been uh, a part of it and they, loved it they just raved about it um and you were know they part of our tour or are they a student i'm not sure what they're what they're uh they were definitely uh took a class through through the tour okay yes so i mean let's let's get into that real quick i mean what's the difference between a student and and you know like when you went on tour so the tour the tour was basically we brought a lot of, we incorporated a lot of tools from our curriculum into the tour, but we only had six hours. Um, so we're trying to just make them aware of what they want in life, gain consciousness. Um, we really focus on changing the way they thought about their business. And then we, that was the first two hours. And then the last um, part of the class, I took all the hairdressers and David took all the leadership and he, we did breakout sessions. So I taught them how to brand themselves and how to elevate their social media. And he, and I spent most of my time, <laughs> I spent most of my time explaining why um, everything that's happening in their business is there is caused by them, right? Their As fault. Leadership, right? Basically their fault. <laughs> right. Um, I think I, I spent a lot of my time with leadership, teaching them personal responsibility more than anything. And so the, the idea of those classes were to plant a seed to have them continue working with us, which a lot of them are, are working with us privately now. And private sessions are one-on-one. It's, it's a six-month program, and we take them through a curriculum that's a little more customized to them. So they have a lot of the verbiage down. They have a lot of the consciousness down, but they, now they have to, you know, when they work with us, it's, it's real work. I think our coaching is pretty intense. We speak with them every two weeks and uh, for 30 minutes. And we have a curriculum online that they do and check in. We have an online community. So when they're not talking to us, they're talking to other students. Um, We do conference calls once a month with our students. So everybody can be on the conference calls and kind of get some really cool business consciousness. Uh, And then they, they pretty much have access to us in their pocket via text and email 24 seven. I mean, I have students that I talk to via text every day. Sometimes my students just want to say hi. <laughs> hey, how you do? Hi. We become, I, I think you. we really become integral and part of their, not just their business, but their life. And that's really what, what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Uh, being on your website, uh, I noticed there's what two curriculums people can uh, choose from. 
It's yes. Hair so, babe and hair boss. Yeah. So I teach the hair boss curriculum, which is for leadership, and Sid teaches the hair babes curriculum, which is for people behind the chair. That's pretty cool. I mean, when you when we first started this conversation, you mentioned that you know your whole business was set about um, was set on communication and relationships, and I mean that's clearly more than just words from you guys. I mean, that's clearly yeah. you guys are living it. Yeah, but, we actually. We're very big, you know, when you were talking about money and stuff, if it's not working for you, it's not working for us. And if, you know, sometimes there's a lot of blockages in people's lives and they're not ready to do a, a program as in-depth as ours is because we really open your closet and pull all the junk out and then put it back together. Um, and so we've actually had students say this, is, or we've said to them, this isn't working for you and it's not working for us. And we've let them go because I've I'm basically, I'm not going to waste your money anymore. When you're ready to do this program and you're ready to do the work, then you come back and that's well, it. We've actually had to fire students. I think we, fire, we actually <laughs> yeah. fire a lot of people. Yeah, that's real. That's honestly, because it doesn't make real. a good relationship. And what it does create is desire to be back in it, to change their lives. And so it's become a beautiful thing. Well, yeah, that is beautiful because a lot of people just say, you know what, give me the money and uh, you succeed, you succeed. If not, you don't. It's on you. That's right. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. That's, that's awesome. I know. I'm pretty blown away by it. <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, it's very emotional. But like Sid said, we have our own coaches in a sense. So we, we, I don't think that you should ever listen to people unless they're listening to someone else. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason our program works is because we have someone working on us individually. And so when we go and give someone advice or we tell someone to do something that might be a little bit crazy, it's because we've done it and we have someone pushing us to do things as well. So we've, we've experienced it. We use this, you know, we always, I always tell my students, we're do I'm doing the work with you. I, you know, and we try to do the same work that, you know, if I'm talking to a student about budgeting their finances, I'm like, okay, well I should take a look at mine too. You right. know, like it's like, right. we try to live through what we're coaching. All right. You walk to walk. Yeah. That's why we're so tired. I yeah. can't explain that enough. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you guys work behind the chair anymore or are you guys just doing the coaching thing? We do actually. Um I I do color and David does cutting. <gasps> that's like us. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I uh I decided I don't want to do what I don't want to do anymore. And uh so I only color hair. Uh, I charge an hourly rate. Um, I, I come in and I get paid for the time that I do work and I don't double book anymore. And it's a glorious thing. And I get to be with my clients. I do a lot of transformational color. Uh-huh. So they'll be in my chair sometimes six to eight hours and I'm getting paid for every hour that I'm there. And, um, they have my time. It's not one of those pass off to the assistant kind of things. And then that's it. I've built my whole entire book off of Instagram and, um, it's been incredible. Well, I, I do not enjoy doing color. Mm-mm. I do not enjoy that process. I do not like waiting. Um, <laughs> I like instant gratification as much as I can get it without it being unhealthy. So, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I do. I work at White uh, White Room in Brooklyn, and I work only one day a week. And sometimes I don't even work that day because <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, and t- going back to the beginning when we were talking about is there a balance between 1099 and w2 or employee versus independent and i i i think that hair we try to teach hair i know that behind the chair at least we try to teach hairdressers business is about making offers right no, you, just because something's been done a certain way has nothing does not mean that's how it's done 
Right. It just means that no one's made an offer that's unique. And so whenever I go into a salon and I need, and I want to work there, I'm like, this is my life. This is what I can offer you. I can't give you anything else. There's no negotiating. There's nothing else I can do for you. This is what I can do. And yeah. I want to be on your payroll. I don't want to be that independent. So I'm, I'm an employee, but I'm not really an employee. I don't have to come in. I'm, I don't have to be there at a certain time. I don't have to, I don't have to do any of that, but I, but I am an employee. David's like the guest star. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, I, mean, I When we first moved to New York, I, we, we worked in a little studio that we had for a little bit and it was just, as our company kept growing, it just didn't work out. Um, we didn't want that responsibility anymore. And so um, I wanted to work for someone else that could deal with all that payroll. I did not mind commission and I did a lot of research on where I wanted to work. And I started working for a salon called Hair and Co Brooklyn. And uh, even though we live in Manhattan, I, it's really cool to visit Brooklyn three times a week. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I interviewed them and I tell my students to do that. This is what I'm good at. This is my Instagram. This is this. I, there was no resume. It was like, this is my Instagram. This is what I can do. This is what I can provide you. Um, when I'm here, I'm working. When I'm not, I'm with students and that's it. And also, uh, we both do a lot of freelance. We do a lot of uh, work on set, magazines, um, we, I do fashion week a lot. And so sometimes I'm going to have to move my books or call, or I, I get a job last minute or things like that happen. And they've been so incredibly awesome about that. So that's pretty great. Yeah. You know. That, that with you guys, you know, that probably that few uh, days that you're there, you probably bring so much to the environment around there that uh, it, it's worth, I guess the owner or, or you know I mean? The, the manager to, I think, people, deal. I think people like that it's different. Mm-hmm. People like different. People don't like things that are the same. They're bored. And so I think that having someone come in, it makes, not, I don't feel like when I, I actually, I don't feel like a special guest. I feel like I'm in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, hi, can I use this chair? I don't really, like, I don't like know the rules. Mm-hmm. And uh, So it doesn't actually feel that way for me, but I know that for them, they like to talk about like, oh, you know, so-and-so, we have someone that comes in once a week, he travels, he does this, like, mm-hmm. it adds to their, um, their story too. It's not just, not just our story. Yeah. Cause uh, when I was young, a young hairdresser, uh, we had a guy that did that. He, he would come in once a month just for a weekend, like Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, just, it was just kind of a mysterious hairdresser, you know, <laughs> he would come in and he would be book solid and he'll spend his two days and off he goes into the sunset yeah. <laughs> for another month. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's pretty crazy. Hey, do you guys want to, um, you guys kind of want to uh, briefly go over like uh, what the hair babes um, program is and the, uh, and the hair boss programs. Yeah. Just like an overview real quick. Yeah. The hair babes uh, during phase one. So we have two phases, both are six months. Um, during phase one, we really dive into um, figuring out something that we've called the opponent, which is which is basically your blockages in your life and what's stopping you. Um, we discover uh, how they want to feel, which we've talked a lot about on our podcast, um, because we believe that your goal should be a feeling, not uh, an afterthought. And so figuring out how to get them closer to achieving their desired feeling versus um, a bunch of New Year's resolutions that they're never going to accomplish. Right. Um, then we go into action planning, which is actually breaking those down and how they can start achieving um, their big clarified goals on a daily basis. Um, we talk a little bit about creating a better idea around uh, wealth 
and um, expanding their mindset and giving out, getting out of poverty consciousness, um, which will in turn. Hold on, Sid. How do you define um, poverty? <laughs> thinking like a poor person, mm-hmm. thinking thinking with lack. Thinking, thinking with what? Thinking, lack. thinking that you don't. This is what we hear from people all the time. I just want to make enough. Right. I just want to get that three thousand dollars to pay off my bills. Right. I just want to have enough to put food on my plate. I just want to, you know, pay enough, have enough to pay my bills. And it's just, that's not enough. That's actually too little. And so we break them out of that mindset of like, I just want to make enough because then that's all you'll ever make (laughs) is enough, which is basically nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Enough is never enough. If you've noticed, you know, that's not just part of our coaching. I think is getting people out of that, Mm -hmm. that consciousness. Um, and then I dive in with them on their social media and branding. And if, um, if they go onto phase two, we go in a little deeper of cleaning out that closet and realizing um, how we can elevate them and the difference between elevation and motivation. Um, we figure out where their ego is sitting, um, how we can break their ego a little bit. We teach them what true desire is and how to share. Um, share within their network or their. Um, you think people, you think adults would know how to share, but they do not. They don't. Mine, um, <laughs> mine. <laughs> if you've ever worked in a salon, you know that's kid. Here's my blow dryer, man. You yeah, know, it's my no. client. It's, it's my client. It's, beyond that. it's insane. Yeah. And and once we get them to a place of uh, making the kind of money that we want, then we encourage them to find a way to start donating some of it as well and to be charitable. Um, and then, you know, we, I, towards, I wait to, to the second phase to teach them organization because they can't grasp it when they're thinking so small in the beginning. Um, but then we organize their life and then usually it's like, what's the next step? We go through the same curriculum again, but at a different elevated view of it and, uh, push them to their next level. So that's why we said, even though our curriculum is technically two phases of six months, we've had people go on to year three doing the same curriculum because there's always something new to work on. And David and myself do this all the time. I'm like, okay, I got to start over this program with me because I have to work on my own stuff as well. So it's great. So is each phase six months or is it, it is. Yeah. Each phase is six months. Mm -hmm. It used to be a year, um, but people have commitment issues. Uh (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, do you want to go on to phase two or not? And usually the answer is like, well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I who wouldn't? Who yeah, wouldn't I mean? it's like just going through phase one, just reading it. I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm already motivated and excited. So it'd be a no-brainer to take phase two. Right? Yeah. Um, I think and then with Hair Boss, I we go over some similar things like the opponent and the idea of the ego. Um, but like I said earlier, we really help them understand the number one thing that humans have a hard time with especially leaders is personal responsibility and realizing that if my business is failing it's not because i hired the wrong person it's because i don't know what i'm doing and like a poor man's mentality too right it's always somebody else's fault it's not it's not my fault it's your fault you know like a victim consciousness i love victim consciousness and ripping that apart (laughs) (laughs) and people have people are really addicted to thinking that way so we really the minute you can the whole idea of hair boss and hair babes is to change the individual from the inside. And then the outside reflects the rest of it. We, But I think so many people try to, the success we have is when the individual changes how they think and how, what the actions they take. And 
a lot of curriculums out there, a lot of coaching programs try to get the per- people to do new things or different things, but they're not going to do them if they are thinking the same way as when they started, right? Right. To get someone to make more money, but they, I, I discover this all the time that people, when you, when you discover what people believe about money, a lot of them believe that money is bad. So how are they going to, how are they going to make more if they, right. if their belief around money is that, money is evil money is money is the root of all evil i hear that all the time it's like well of course you're not going to want to make it because it's evil yeah so we help them we help them and a lot of times they don't even know they believe that (laughs) right you you have to listen to what you're saying and and i think people don't realize what you're saying even even like when you joke about your self-worth sometimes where you wake up hungover and you're like i'm a garbage person it's (laughs) your 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 insides still hear that and i think I know it sounds very guru, but like people, you have to remember that. So sometimes I try to change my consciousness when I feel like crap and I'm like crawling across the floor. I'm like, I am beautiful. <laughs> I am healthy because I don't want to invite that negativity in my life. I'm a beautiful garbage can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty incredible. But yeah, if anyone ever wants to discover what, what our curriculum is about, we offer a free conversation on our website. So they can just go there. They can look at the curriculum and they can request to talk to one of us. Um, uh, DestroyTheHairdresser.com. Yep. DestroyTheHairdresser.com. And there's little links everywhere that say book a complimentary conversation. And because it's coaching. So you have to talk with people and tell them what it's about. Or they, they won't, people don't just sign up for things like this. They have to, they really want to ask questions and feel comfortable. So. Right. Okay. My favorite question of the entire thing. Are you guys ready? And no okay. copping out, okay? That's the okay. rule. No, co- And if you cop out, I'm going to call you on your bullshit. We're going to start over. Deal? <laughs> uh, David and Sid, what, um, individually, what, what are you guys uh, completely obsessed with now? And what I mean by copping out is you can't say, like, world peace. You can't say that. Like, what are you uh, obsessed with? Is there a makeup? Is there a drink? Are we talking about the industry or just, like, life in general? No, no, life. no, no. This is about life. you, 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 you. Okay. I, I think – a few things. I think uh, first, first, we are very old souls, uh, and I we're really into the '70s right now. But I grew up on very southern rock, and so I've been diving back into that lately. Love it. We're Give very inspired by music a lot. Give me a playlist song. Some like CCR. Um, I my mom was obsessed with Fleetwood Mac, so I've been on like a Fleetwood Mac trip lately. But it's been and I like anything Mamas and Papas. Yeah, I love some good ABBA bringing it back. Um, I like Simon and Garfunkel, so I'm really I'm kind of obsessed with the '70s, mm-hmm. and I also am obsessed with '70s hair. Yes, so I think that's what we were thinking. We're like, when we think of I hair, think was, I think I'm reincarnated from the '70s. For sure, I think so too. We we shag everything out. Everything we style is very '70s inspired. We're very drawn to those colors. Um, yeah, I think it's just I'm really obsessed with my Alexa right now. Good <laughs> uh, you know what I just learned today. Is how to do whole home music. So like I have four Alexa, so all of them play the same exact music. Oh, you know, I felt bad today because my Alexa went offline and I had to, I had to ask Siri something and I felt like I was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, Alexa's going to know. It's so, it's so bad. One day Sid was gone and I was trying to, she was like out of town and I was trying to hook my phone up to her Alexa 
but it tells Sid what I was saying to it. Because it asks, <laughs> you know, on the app, it asks you to like, did this work? Yeah, I was, like, I was like, Alexa, connect to my phone. And I'm like, connect my fucking phone, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get all the texts of what you're saying, dude. I'm, I'm at the airport and I'm reading my Alexa app and I'm just giggling. And I'm like, you oh do know God. that's not how you speak to her. Like, oh like, that's hilarious. <laughs> no wonder she wouldn't work. Her feelings were hurt, Dave. Yeah, exactly. I'm totally obsessed with lately. I don't know. I feel like I changed things so drastically. What I think it's a hairdresser mentality, Mary. Yeah. yeah, I think it's yeah. Just being an artist, I'm. I see something and I run with it. Um, but that's. I think just experiences I've been chasing a lot more. I've been tra- yeah. I said I wasn't going to travel after the tour, and then I haven't been home since. Yeah, so. I feel like that. I feel like 2018 was about becoming obsessed with travel and. Now I'm over it, but we're still traveling. Mm-hmm. Like, still traveling. Just experiencing. Like I went to Israel in the middle of this tour. I thought I was gonna die. Yeah. Like it was it was uh it was a lot, but it sparked that uh now I now I don't know. I've never I had never flown uh, overseas before. Uh-huh. So it was a now I have kind of a travel obsession. Yeah. I'm in my thirties now, early thirties, thirty-one. <laughs> don't age me. And I I'm really loving thirty. Like, You're obsessed with 30. I really am obsessed with 30. Like, you're so young enough to like play and party, but like you're old enough to have your shit together. And so it's a really nice balance in life. Like, you know, 40 is when you're like too adult and like you have kids and I'm just really enjoying like um, living. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. She just killed us, didn't she? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I look for 40 to 30 guys. Live it up. Oh, yeah, listen, you now she's back. Like, right. like, I difference. told you I was going to call you in your bullshit, Sid. Your bullshit. <laughs> man. I, I'm just digging. If you can hand I'm... me that shovel, I'll just continue to dig. <laughs> hey, I, what's uh, the rule if you're in a hole? Stop digging. I can tell you what I'm not obsessed with. Tell I'm us. I'm obsessed with the fact that it's still winter and spring. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was snowing here today. I know. We've had, like, we. Oh. I, if I hear the word nor'easter, which I'm pretty sure is just made up now. Yeah. Like, anytime it snows, they're like, it's the nor'easter. I'm like, it's but, snow. It reminded me of when you first heard about El Nino. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, everything was El Nino yeah, for after like that. five years. I was just like, where did that even come from? Who made that up? That's pretty cool. Awesome. <laughs> hey, guys, this has been a blast. Tons of fun. Tons of information. Um I certainly want to thank you guys. So uh, we'll make it official. And Sid and David from Destroy the Hairdresser, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you. You're welcome. Please do me. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band uh, out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease.